This is the word of the Lord. Therefore I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as also you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, and through all, and in all. Kwa hiyo na wasi, mimi hiyo mkumbo katika wana, mwenene kama nabiyo kutahili, wito wenu mwenewekitiwa. Kwa mwenyekevu, wote na ufole, kwa umilifu mkichukuliana katika upendo, na kujitahili, uimbathi, umoja wa roo katika kifungu cha amani. Mwitu moja na roo moja, kama na kama na mlikuwekitiwa katika tumaini moja na wito wenu. Bwana mmoja ni mwani mmoja upatizo mmoja, mungu mmoja na ni baba wa wote, alie yu ya yote na katika yote na ndani ya yote. Neno na mungu. Amen. Please allow me to pray for the word this morning. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you just in awe of who you are and all that you have done for us. Even though we don't fully understand the big picture of, of what it cost you to send your Son uh, to die on the cross to pay the penalty of our sins, Lord, and to free us from the bondage of our sins. We uh, cannot fully grasp all that you have done for us, and yet what we do know causes us to turn to you in awe and reverence. And Lord, we thank you this morning for yet another opportunity to gather together as your saints to praise You, to worship You in our prayers and in our songs and in our preaching and hearing Your Word. And so we ask You, Father, to be with us this morning. Uh, please uh, help us to focus, take away uh, any distractions that would keep us from hearing Your Word this morning, Lord. And may Your Word penetrate our hearts through the ministry of Your Holy Spirit. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Last week, uh, we were looking into the very important prayer of the Apostle Paul. In uh, chapter 3, uh, verses 14 through 21 of Ephesians. And that passage concludes with these words. To Him be the glory. To God be the glory. In the church and in Christ Jesus. To all generations forever and ever. And as I read our passage today, something jumps out right away. Paul says he is the prisoner of the Lord. He doesn't say he's the servant of the Lord. He doesn't say he's the mighty apostle of the Lord. He doesn't say he's the benefactor of the Lord. He specifically says that he is the prisoner of the Lord. Why does he start this section of the letter that way? I think it is because he wants the church to feel that it is worth it. It is worth 
Everything it might cost us. To what he commands us to do. And that is to walk in a manner worthy of the calling. He wants this particular church Ephesus and by extension the entire church that is every Christian that includes us who call ourselves Christian. He wants us to know it is worth it. It is worth any amount of suffering. It is worth any trial. It is worth anything it might cost us. To follow Jesus Christ and to walk in a manner worthy of that calling the calling is worth going to prison for the calling is even worth dying for what is the calling that he refers to He's referring back to all that he has been saying in the letter thus far He's referring to the mystery of Christ. That Jew and Gentile together are fellow heirs with Jesus Christ. God has promised salvation. And that salvation has been provided by the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. In Christ, we Gentiles, along with the Jews, inherit the kingdom of God. Christians, the reality is this. We owe God more than we could ever possibly pay. God has taken His own Son and provided the perfect righteousness which is required for us to be restored to God. In His Son, God has provided a substitute to die for us. In order to free us from the penalty and the power of sin. In His Son, God has provided for us deliverance from death. Not a physical death, we know our bodies will die, but a spiritual death, that eternal death in hell. God has delivered us from that in His Son. Through that reconciling work of Jesus Christ, God has delivered us from eternal death. In His Son, God has provided us a new life. The old has gone and the new has come. A life of love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, all of those fruits of the Spirit. 
na sasa tunaoishi maisha katika upendo katika ya kuchukuliana katika upendo kuvumiliana na kuwa na subira na wenzetu na kuwa na uponye in Christ God gives us a life of power through the Holy Spirit living within us ndani ya Yesu Kristo Mungu anatuwezesha kupitia kwa nguvu zake kuishi maisha ambayo inafanana na Yesu Kristo in his son God has provided us assurance that we will not be lost na kupitia kwa mtoto wake Mungu ametupatia nafasi ya kupata kwa uhakika kwamba ndani ya mtoto wake tutakuwa na uzima hatutapotea God has provided assurance that we will be with God forever. And the list of what God has done for us in his son Jesus Christ goes on and on and on. So many good works Jesus Christ has done that John says to write them all down uh, uh, would take so many books it would fill the entire earth. And imagine all of this is in light of the fact that each and every one of us are born enemies of God. God has done this for his enemies. He had every right to destroy us, condemn us for all eternity in hell. Instead he sent his son. So that any who believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life god has planned our salvation from before the time he even created the world and god has worked out that salvation in his son the lord jesus christ and god has created us and god sustains us and god has done everything for us And we do not yet see or understand even all that God has done for us. Because we are still on this earth left here to be witnesses to the great and glorious salvation which is available to all by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. But the day is coming when we will see and we will experience all that God has for us. God is going to make a new heavens and a new earth. That is what his word tells us. And this new heaven and new earth will be perfect. No more sorrow, no more tears, no more pain. And no more suffering for those who believe in him. We will live for all eternity ruling and reigning with Christ Jesus. We owe God so much more than we could ever pay. So what do we do? What is our response to God who has done all this for us? What do we do? Not much. But one thing we must do is to walk in a manner which is worthy of this calling of God. And here in this passage that we have read through this morning Ephesians chapter 4 verse 1 through 6 na fungu ambapo tumesoma leo katika kitabu cha Efeso mlango wa 4 kuanzia aya ya 
Paul tells us some very important things. The first one is he gives us the way in order to walk worthy. We find this in verse 1 and 2. Let's read those again. Therefore I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love. Paul says that he is a prisoner. Not because he wants someone to come and do something about it but because he wants Christians to know and understand that the doctrine which he teaches is worth it what Paul is teaching is truth it is God's truth and if evil men hate it and want to persecute or destroy us for it then so be it Paul says it is worth it he says therefore I implore you that is I plead with you I, I urge you this is serious pay attention listen that's what Paul's saying here I am in prison I don't even want you to come and help me I want to help you I want you to get this. I want you to see this because this is important in your life. In light of all that God has done for you, I plead with you to walk in a manner which is worthy of being called a Christian. Paul's in prison and he has a request of the church. Not a request to provide him relief not a request to find a way to free him that's what most of us in that situation would want isn't it as many of you know I've spent some time in prison here in Kenya and to tell you the truth my first thought was working on my release <laughs> my first thought was not writing a letter of encouragement to you the church but that is exactly what Paul does in a similar situation he is in prison and he's writing to the church encouraging them concerned for them and not himself he tells the Christians to commend yourselves as good Christians and 
and live up to the fact of your profession of faith. You say that you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. That is great. Even demons say that they believe and they shudder. That's what James says. But here's the difference. If you really believe, if you really belong to the Lord Jesus Christ, then you will show that with what you do, the way that you live. Demons believe in the Lord Jesus as an enemy, someone to be feared. Is that what you believe in Jesus? He's your enemy, you're against him. You fear him because he's very strong. And you hate him, you're against him. If that's how you view Jesus, then you have the same faith of a demon. Or are you a Christian, a follower of the Lord Jesus? Has Jesus died for your sins? Has Jesus died to free you from the penalty and the power of sin? If he has, then live like it. Live like a person who has been freed from the power of sin. Live, live like a person who's been given a new heart to love the Lord Jesus Christ. If we are a Christian, we are to live as a Christian. This should not be a surprise to us. It makes perfect sense. But the church is filled with people who claim to be Christian but do not live as Christians ought to live. To live as a Christian means something. To be a Christian means something. Christian is not just something that we add to who we are. Like a farmer or a banker or a fundi. Those all describe things that we do. We know when you say you are a farmer, we understand what you do. If you tell me you're a banker, then I understand what it is you do, at least to some degree. But that does not tell me who you are. And one day we will not do those things anymore. You will not be a farmer forever. You will not be a banker forever. You will not be a fundi forever. But a Christian is not simply what we do. It is who we are. If we are a Christian, we will always be Christians forever and ever. Amen. And then because we are a Christian, now that means we do certain things which Christians do. Paul is saying you are Christian. 
So live lives which are worthy of that Christian calling. So what are we to do to live lives that please God as we live day by day? As we live day by day at work. As we live day by day at play. As we live day by day at school. As we live day by day at church. As we live day by day at home. As we live day by day with our neighbors. As we live day by day with our families. As we live day by day with our friends. What must we do as Christians? If we are new and the old has gone, what is it different about the new? What are we to do as Christians? As those who have been called to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. What must we do to walk worthy of that calling? in order to bring honor and glory to the name of Christ. There's a few things that come to mind according to the scriptures. One, the believer must walk with humility and gentleness. That's the words of Paul here in verse 2 with all humility and gentleness. In Philippians 2 verse 3 he puts it this way. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. The believer is to walk with humility and gentleness. Are you doing that? Are you humble in all of your relationships? Men, are you humble and gentle in the way that you treat your wives? Maybe you grew up seeing something much, much different. Maybe you grew up thinking that men are to rule over over their wives. Maybe you grew up thinking and being taught that if the wife gets out of line, now you better beat her and show her who's boss. That's walking in the way of an unbeliever. If you are a believer, if you belong to the Lord Jesus Christ, you are now called to walk in a way worthy of that calling. Maybe that's who you were as an unbeliever. But now as a believer you better start acting like a Christian. That is what Paul is saying. And that's just one example. We could go on and on about the way that we uh, in our pride are not humble and are not gentle. Every one of us. But Paul says the Christian is to do better. The Christian is to not be prideful but to walk in humility and gentleness. 
Kristo astahili kuwa mwenye kiburi na uyeuli lakini atembee katika unyenyekevu na uovole. He also says the believer must walk with long suffering. Ya kwamba aweze kuwa mvumilivu. Galatians 5:22 to 23. Sababu cha Galatia sura ya 5 aya 22 hadi 23. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. If we are a believer, then God's Holy Spirit comes to live in us. And God's Holy Spirit works out in us the fruits of the spirit and we are to walk in those fruits of the spirit no matter what our circumstances are it is not love as long as everyone else is loving you it is not joy as long as there are circumstances in your life to produce joy it is not peace so long as no one is at war with you it's not patience so long as patience comes easy It's not kindness so long as others are kind to you. It's not goodness so long as others are good to you. It's not faithfulness so long as others are faithful to you. Do you get the point? Our circumstances do not dictate to us when we should have the fruits of the spirit and when we should not. But rather if God's Holy Spirit dwells in us. We are to manifest those fruits of the spirit in any circumstance. Regardless of what is going on in our lives, regardless of what others are doing to us, we are to walk in God's spirit. The believer, the Christian must walk in love even when others are not loving. Galatians chapter 5 verse 13 to 14. For you were called to freedom. Brethren, only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh. But through love serve one another for the whole law is fulfilled in one word in the statement you shall love your neighbor as yourself so Paul tells us He commends us to walk in a manner which is worthy of the calling that we have and then he says the way that we are to do it. He also gives us the purpose He gives us the purpose to walk worthy. It's in verse 3. Being diligent to preserve the unity of the spirit 
in the bond of peace. He says we should as Christians walk in the way of Christians. He gives us the way we are to do that. In gentleness and humility. And then now he gives us the purpose. The purpose is unity. Being diligent to preserve the unity of the spirit. Believers are to work on maintaining the peace so that they uh, stay bound together. Every believer is bound together in the unity of God's spirit. Jesus has broken down all barriers. Which exists between men. Listen to Galatians chapter 3 verse 28. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free man. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. Now what is Paul saying here? I'll tell you what he's not saying. He's not saying those differences no longer exist. He's not saying biologically there's no longer a male and a female. But what he is saying is that all nationalities, all peoples, all tribes, all languages, poor, rich, black, white, all are one in Christ Jesus. When a person comes to God through faith in Jesus Christ, he or she becomes equal to everyone else. We are all one. We are all all in need of God's forgiveness. And we all have that forgiveness by faith in Jesus Christ. Nothing else matters. That is the point. It doesn't matter if you are rich or you are poor. You have Jesus. It doesn't matter if you are male or you are female. You have Jesus. It doesn't matter if you are Kenyan or American. You have Jesus. The only thing that matters is the salvation and life which we now have in Jesus Christ. That is what matters. And as a member of the family of God, the Holy Spirit lives in us and binds us to all believers. We are one. And there's a great spiritual bond. What Paul calls a bond of peace. Which is worked out by the spirit of God between all believers. All differences are set aside in a spirit of love. A spirit of joy and a spirit of peace. And unity exists 
in the household of God. Na uzima ama umoja unapatikana katika nyumba ya Mungu. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 10. Now I exhort you brethren by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ that you all agree and that there be no divisions among you but that you be made complete in the same mind and in the same judgment. Basi ndugu na wasii kwa jina la Bwana wetu Yesu Kristo kwamba nyote unene moja wala pasiwe kwenu faraka fanaka bali mnitimu katika njia moja au Second Corinthians 13:11 Finally brethren rejoice be made complete be comforted be like minded live in peace and the god of love and peace will be with you First Peter chapter 3 verse 8 To sum up all of you be harmonious sympathetic brotherly kind-hearted and humble in spirit the purpose of us walking according to the calling which we have is that there would be unity in God's church. And then finally Paul gives some reasons that we have in order to walk worthy of that calling. We find this in the last three verses, verse 4 through 6. In fact, he gives us seven reasons that we should walk worthy of our calling. And that we should work to keep the peace and unity of God's spirit. In the church. There's a great need for Christians to heed what Paul says here. The church has often struggled in order to maintain peace and unity. But it should not be this way. And here are the reasons that believers should always walk in the peace and unity of the spirit. The first reason Paul gives us is that there is only one body. There are not many bodies of believers. But there is one body. In this fallen world, we know that there are many denominations and many different churches. But we must realize that God is creating one body one body of believers who trust and follow the son the lord jesus christ god gives every believer a new birth god makes every believer a new creature And God places his divine nature in every believer. And God sends the Holy Spirit to live in believers. And God causes every believer to bear the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And God places the believer into the new body of people that he is creating. That is God places every believer into the body of Christ that is 
the church mungu huwa anajua yule yote ambaye ni muumini anamweka katika mwili wa Yesu Kristo ambaye ni kanisa 1 Corinthians 12:13 wakorinto kwanza sura ya 12 aya 13 for by one spirit we were all baptized into one body whether Jews or Greeks whether slaves or free and we were all made to drink of one spirit kwa maana katika roho moja sisi sote tulibatizwa kuwa mwili mmoja kwamba tu wayahudi au kwamba tu wainani ikiwa tu ikiwa tu watumwa au ikiwa tu nani nasi sote tulinyeshwa roho moja the the second reason that paul gives is also found in verse 4 And that is there is only one spirit. It is God's spirit that causes men to be born again. John 3:5 through 6. Jesus answered, "Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit." Yesu akajibu, "Amen, amen, nakwambia, mtu asipozaliwa kwa maji na kwa roho, hawezi It is that one spirit God that calls and gifts and directs each member to fit in and to work within that one body. If you are a believer you have been born again by the spirit into that one body the body of Christ that is God's church kama wewe ni muumini umezaliwa mara pili umefanya kiume kipya ndani ya uwezo wa Yesu Kristo na umefanya mwili mmoja na Yesu Kristo kwa sababu umeupata uhili ambao unatokana na kazi na matendo yake Acts 13:2 While they were ministering to the Lord and fasting the Holy Spirit said set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them It is the Holy Spirit that calls us and sets each of us apart for the work that Christ has prepared beforehand those good works for us to walk in. First Corinthians 12:7. But to each one is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. How do we know? that someone has the spirit of god uh, working in them one way is their concern is for the common good not for themselves they love others more than they love themselves Now that brings to mind the truth about many of the so-called men of God that we encounter around our communities. There are many false teachers around us. who treat the church as a business caring very little about the common good but only caring about themselves even though they call themselves men of god i assure you by their actions they prove they are not men of god Again, I've said it many times before, but this is why it is so important that each and every believer knows the word of God. So that we may test 
the words and the actions of others to know whether or not they really are of God. Do not simply rely on one or two or three people in your life to tell you what the word of God says or does not say you know it for yourself be a good berean as we read about in the book of acts a good berean berean who even though they heard the apostolic preaching of Paul they went to the scriptures to see if what he was saying was really true I'm telling you not a week goes by for me that I don't hear of someone falling for something a man of God has been preaching that is not in the scriptures but they don't know it because they don't know the scriptures Christians know your bibles If you have no bible remember every week we give you Uh, the passages in the old testament new testament we give that to you in the in the swahili and english versions if you need another version let us know if you cannot read or write let us know and we can work on getting you an audio bible but you need to as a christian hear from god yourself through his word The third reason that Paul gives that we should walk in a manner worthy of our calling. It is also found in verse 4. That is there is only one hope. Every believer has the same hope. Because there is only one hope. The great day of redemption. We have the hope of a new heavens and a new earth. Created perfectly for Jesus Christ and those who belong to him by faith. Romans 15:4 For whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction so that through perseverance and the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. First Peter chapter 1 verse 3 and 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away reserved in heaven for you I'm telling you if hearing that does not get you excited give you hope Then you have to question whether or not you are Christian. If with your your thoughts and your actions you show that you love the world more 
than this eternal hope, then you have to question whether or not you're really a Christian. A fourth reason that Paul gives in verse 5 there is only one Lord there's only one master there is only one king every believer has bowed to the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings we are his subjects and we receive his orders and we follow his orders. You know, in order to be a good Kenyan, you must abide by the law and the constitution of the land of Kenya. How much more is it true that if you are a Christian, you must follow and obey the laws of Christ? Matthew chapter 7 verse 21 to 23 Not everyone who says to me Lord Lord will enter the kingdom of heaven but he who does the will of my father who is in heaven will enter Many will say to me on that day Lord Lord did we not prophesy in your name and in your name cast out demons in your name perform many miracles and then I will declare to them I never knew you Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Not everyone who says they believe in Jesus will go to heaven. But what does Jesus say? He who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. We are not saved because we do the will of God. We are saved by being born again in the Spirit. Our salvation is the work of God. But heaven is not for those who do not do the will of God. It is not the doing of the will of God that will get you into heaven. It is the righteousness which Christ gives you by faith. That is what will get you into heaven. But Jesus says, to say you believe in me, that's cheap, that's easy. Anybody can say that. If it is true that you believe in Jesus, then you have the Holy Spirit of God living in you, causing you to more and more know the Word of God and obey the Word of God. The fifth reason that Paul gives there's only one faith. I believe that's in verse 6. No, uh, sorry, verse 5. There is one faith. Not many faiths. There's only one faith that leads us into the presence of God and that faith is founded only on the Lord Jesus Christ. There are many uh, who say there are, are 
There are people who say there are many ways to God. Let me put it that way. But it's not true. There are not many ways to God. There's only one way to God. Every other way is through the wide gate which leads to destruction and many enter by it. There's no other way to approach God but by faith in Jesus. If anyone wants to live with God, they must be approved and accepted by him. And the only way this is possible is by faith in Jesus Christ. Jude 3 It says beloved while I was making every effort to write you about our common salvation I felt the necessity to write to you appealing that you contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all handed down to the saints There is one faith. There is one name by which men must be saved and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. The sixth reason that Paul gives also in verse 5 There is one baptism. All believers are to give public witness to their faith in Jesus Christ by submitting to the ordinance that Christ has given in baptism. We are members of one body through one faith and we are initiated into that one body by one ordinance or ritual. That is water baptism. And divisiveness brings shame to our profession of faith and that one baptism. When we are divisive in the body of Christ, we are showing that we were not really sincere in our baptism. Divisiveness shows that we care very little for Christ. Paul would have us remember what he writes in Romans 6.3 Or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? Galatians 3.27 For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. The seventh and final reason that Paul gives us to walk worthy uh, of our calling. In verse 6, he says there is only one God and Father of all. One God creator of all and of course that means he is supreme over all and one father of all we are all God's creatures living in God's world and we are fools when we follow our own sinful desires instead of following the will of God as given us in his revelation that is 
the Bible. God is love. And his commands are for our good. His commands are for our good and it is he who is over all and through all and in all. That is what Paul says. God is sovereign over all. And we can trust him when he says that he causes all things to work together for good to those who love him. That is Romans 8:28. And the point is this. If there's only one God and Father of all believers, how then could he be leading two believers against each other? He does not. Every time a believer is against another believer, then at least one of those believers and often both of those believers are following their own sinful desires and not the will of God. Now in this passage today, Paul gives us the way, the purpose, and the reasons for us to walk in a manner worthy of the calling. That calling which we have been called in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now maybe as a believer you have given very little thought to the way that you are to live your life. How I pray that you hear God urging you through his word. This word that he gave us through his apostle Paul. How I pray that God's Holy Spirit would penetrate your hearts with this truth that we believers are to be humble and gentle especially with one another as we seek unity in order to glorify God how I pray that God's Holy Spirit would penetrate your hearts with this truth as he certainly has been working on mine as I've been preparing this message. Now now ask everyone to please stand.